you know, I had to explain to one of my coworkers that cows are female bo- female bovines. <laughs> like he did, he genuinely thought there could be male cows, and I was like, "Yeah, they're bulls." And he's like, "No, they're female bulls." And I'm like, "Yes, those are cows." <laughs> like I literally we went in circles. Welcome to Back in the Field. My name is Arthi. My name is Carl. And today we're going to be recording The Road Trip. Man, you you, you started the opening, eh? Well, last time I actually got to do part of the summary, too. It was crazy. This is like the kind of thing a soothsayer would say to Caesar. Please elucidate. Uh, I've got like three complete Shakespeare's over there. We can see if I have any idea what I'm talking about. It's just like, you know, carnival atmosphere. Everything's turned on its head. My horoscope today did say that without me, the world is just way less fun. That does sound like something a horoscope would say. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, this is a full episode of the show, of this podcast. So we are not going to... We're going to try not to combine it with any other episodes. We <laughs> Speaking of which, I know lockdown is still missing. That's on me. My job has been really crazy. Sorry last week's episode was late, everyone. I uh, I know a couple of you were kind of upset about it. Sorry, I got distracted by the holiday. And on the Friday after, I threw a pajama jammy jam at my apartment. It was pretty awesome. We watched Die Hard, actually. I still haven't seen Die Hard. It was pretty, it was pretty terrific. Also, so <laughs> we're going to side sidebar here. The thing. We haven't barred yet, so we can't really sidebar. What? The rest of the episode is going to be bar a sidebar from this bar. I was watching Die Hard with my friends, and um, one of the things I noticed is Jake characterizes Die Hard as a movie about him. One cop, alone, fixing all the problems, right? Except if you actually watch Die Hard... Which I have not done yet. <laughs> you will one day, Carl. I know. Every... Every instance where John McClane can, he's trying to call in backup, call for help, request people to assist him. He ends up cowboy copping, not because he wants to, but rather because he's forced to because the uh, unit on the ground refuses to believe that he's not one of the terrorists. The only person who believes him is Reginald Vell Johnson. He was the dad on Family Matters? Nope. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> you see, that's a media content. Damn it. <laughs> Which is what I don't consume. You've only watched the first season of media content. I keep forgetting. Yeah. To be fair, there's like a billion seasons of media content, and I will die before I finish all of them. <laughs> Point is, I, I find Jake's misinterpretation of Die Hard's plot very interesting. Because I was watching him like, he's calling for backup all the damn time. He takes it all the terrace. But he's also always calling for backup. True. Yeah. I, I, I'm believing you. Yeah. I'm taking you on faith. This was a pointless conversation. So what happens in Road Trip, Carl? What happens in Road Trip is that Jake and Amy are headed to some upstate New York location. I don't remember exactly. Vermont? I don't think they say. Although okay. there's a lot of maple syrup and fall foliage. So, so. they're near trees. So they're not in the city. They have to go out of the city to some tree-filled location to uh, get uh, one of their, like, one of their perps who, like, skipped bail uh, was caught by local police and they're being transferred back to the NYPD. Um, He decides, since they're staying overnight in a bed and breakfast, to invite Sophia. Amy gets real sour about this, so he invites Teddy, too. Mm -hmm. This is a bad plan, because then he wants to dump his pills in her drinking ass. 
and she does. And it all goes about as well as we could expect, which, which is terrifically which, to be well. fair, <laughs> as it's, as it's what everyone wanted forever. <laughs> Teddy gets dumb for being boring. Uh, Jake's making a bunch of faces. The gifs are back. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's like a thousand dolls. The room of a thousand dolls. Which is only one of the stressors on Jake and Sophia's relationship. Meanwhile, back at the precinct, two other plotlines are happening. Boyle is trying to teach Holt how to cook an egg. How to cook anything. How to really cook anything. Although in this specific instance, Holt says he wants to cook his husband breakfast. So, obviously they start with eggs. Uh, And then Holt threatens... Holt, when (laughs) faced with Boyle's superior knowledge and his total... His to- and, and Boyle when faced with Holt's total apathy well they reach an impasse and yes. Holt threatens to cook Kevin merely plain toast mm-hmm. of course this is resolved when Holt makes a croque monsieur a flawless croque monsieur Salieri reference by the way was genius I don't understand it I still don't understand it Salieri was the musician that Mozart was always showing up if you watch the film Amadeus he plays a prominent role in it oh. but there's a scene specifically in that movie where uh, Salieri plays some like some piece he's been working on for like ever, right? And Mozart's like, "But what if you did this?" And immediately plays it back from memory, but like makes it faster, adds more chords, and like just makes it a better piece. They both share the same patron, I think. So like the patron's like, "That is what I want, Salieri," and Salieri's like, "The fuck he did? The fuck he did?" <laughs> so. Salieri is the one that Mozart was always just, like, one-upping. Yeah. So Boyle is one-upped. Yes. Slash faced with true genius, right? Like, Mozart is true genius. Or something, yeah. Yeah. Kruppmeister's... I mean, of the things to do to perfection, is not one of the hard ones. It's, like, simpler than Croquandam. I mean, there's a joke there. It's probably sexist. I mean... I don't know what the joke is yet. <laughs> Uh, just that oh. men are easy, women are tough. <laughs> anyway, while Boyle is trying to teach Holt how to cook an egg well, Rosa is dealing with a cold. A cold that she is in full denial of. Uh, Terry and Gina take it upon themselves to limit Rosa's contagion while also getting the information out of the informant that Rosa's had lined up to interrogate. Gina, of course, is a massive germaphobe and locks Rosa in, it looks like a utility closet of some type, some unused room, uh, after Rosa has dosed herself with cold medication. Rosa mutters death threats in her sleep and punches out windows when she's marginally better. Also, apparently, fighting off a cold weakens her inability to stop herself from smiling. Which makes sense, because it turns out that Rosa's like, hyped-up voice is close to Stephanie Beatrice's actual voice, and <laughs> the normal dead-to-the-world exterior she has is a front. Because <laughs> she uses it with strangers on the other line of, end of a phone line. Maybe I should say that for the discussion part. Well, shall we... Shall we... Actually, you talk about the thing Shall that we, we do with the hard work before getting into the shipping? <laughs> uh, would our audience hate us if we did that? I don't see why. Well, we'll start... We'll start from the bottom, I guess. I see on this paper in front of me, Rosa exclamation point heart. This, this is the script I'm working off of. Yeah. I'm getting that Rosa's having some kind of heart rate palpitation problems. <laughs> Maybe from her illness, yes. I'm very bad at reading symbology. 
I'm not a Harvard-trained symbologist. <laughs> what just happened? I, I'm not in the Dan Brown novel. Oh, yeah. Or in National Treasure, he might be a symbologist, too. Or that might just be a joke I tell myself. <laughs> <laughs> the point is that I, th- I think Rosa was the funniest piece of this episode. Oh, for sure. She for was sure. singularly the funniest thing. Last, last week, the wait a minute Mr. Postman line still makes me crack up. But this week, when she's like, but that is your name, and you are the best detective I've ever known. Like, <laughs> That's a stupid name, but it's your name. <laughs> I still crack up. And then she's like, where's my file after handing it to Terry? <laughs> I didn't get that the first time. But then, like, I thought, yeah, you like, where's the file frustration? I don't think he realizes that that's the file he's looking for. I don't think anyone for. else recognizes what just happened there. But, yeah, like... And then, like, Gina doing her, like, sleeves thing every time... And having the cow up and Ugh. the... It's, I mean, I don't think... I think that she's still on the vampire notion the second time when she, like, makes the cross out of pencils because that is not a good germ prevention technique. <laughs> Maybe in the Middle Ages. No. No, it was never. It was but... a bad germ prevention technique there, which is why they all died. I, I know, Carl. <laughs> I like the vampire. I loved the vampire line because she's like super pale and wearing nothing but dark clothing. Gina apparently has a kind of horoscope that tells her what to wear on a specific day. Like her horoscope told her to wear a cowl neck something something. A cowl neck sweater. Yeah. Her exact Who, is. What horoscopes do that? Humorscopes. What's it? You know she takes it seriously. Right, but she's she... friends with Carlene, and it's not for Carlene's personality. <laughs> yeah, Carlene's kind of the worst. No, but yes, <laughs> she's like boring and full of herself, and she only has time for one person who's full of herself. It's Gina. <laughs> only one person's ego can live in any relationship with Gina. Yeah, that's uh, why she and Boyle are forever. <laughs> Apparently, that comes back next week. Which it is fucking oh next week. Yeah. Yes. Ah, it was too long. It was like three whole fucking weeks. Too long. He, he says to a bunch of Jake and Amy shippers. They can do both. They're going to have to. Honestly, I, I one of the things that... I loved this episode structurally because I feel like I got exactly as much as I wanted out of the A, B, and C plots. Like, obviously the A plot dominates in this one. But the B plot was like was the Rosa stuff. And I really liked just... We got enough of that. I was like, yes. But I... But I never wanted more of the B or C plots at any point. The plots resolved. The storylines, like, had, like, a good amount of funny and also, like, sort of back and forths. There were a couple of great, like, psh, cutaways. I think it was good because the A plot needed... It was a plot that needed relief. Otherwise, it would have gotten too too heavy and... and because it has an awkward energy. Uh, you need to go aside to, like... People who are doing lighthearted things, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even those lighthearted, like the other, the other plots are kind of like fast and bouncy and slapstick, and, and not in a bad way. Not like before, like it was a little bit thinny, but you know, um, it it was a, it was logical extension of characters, um, but it was much higher energy than the A plot. Well, this was also, like, a fully, like, closed ranks episode. We've had several episodes, like, recently where, like, we went outside, like, we went well outside of, like, who was in our standard. Like, one of the biggest weaknesses we saw in lockdown was that they relied too much on all these other people, right? And then in the last, we, 
even with Ed Helms, they have this character brought in who effectively just takes on Jake and Boyle's lines, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, this one, though, it's totally close ranks. We don't interact... Except for Sophie and Teddy, which is pretty significant. Like, they're, they're both forces in this episode. Even Teddy, who doesn't exist. So, yes, but the only reason that they're able to be forceful is because of their immediate connection to Jake and Amy. I can't buy that for Teddy, but, I mean, they have no place there without Jake and Amy, but, like, yeah. I mean, we'll probably cut this out. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> still, though, I I remember walking away from the gym thinking this episode was so solid structurally. Like, one of the problems I, I know, like, I had with Undercover and Chocolate Milk is that those other plot lines... I wanted more out of all the plot lines, you know? And while I would have been happy with 10 more minutes of this episode, I didn't need 10 more minutes of the episode because because it didn't feel fulfilled. I I felt like this episode was really self-contained. Everything was just perfect. Now, was it, like, perfect? That's, That's worth debating, I'm sure. I don't feel like debating it, but one could debate that. Structurally, though, I feel like we got exactly enough out of every plotline without giving away too much and without not having enough of it. Like that, um, Terry is the ticking time bomb bag, unattended backpack, and like the old lady, angry prostitute. I could have seen a million, like, more variations on that. But, you know, I don't need Boyle teaching Holt how to make pancakes. Would I have liked it? Sure. But I don't need it. The other, the other like real strength I see in this episode is that the details make everything. Whether like I was telling you before, like Rosa's na- couch that she's napping on and muttering death threats on is the one that was set on fire in lockdown. Um, I was enjoying their um, off-brand branded bottle shapes. Yes, like Dayquil and Nyquil bottles have very distinctive shapes. Mm-hmm. They're triangular bottles. Mm-hmm. They, it said like Dinos or something on the side, some, some gross connection to syllables. And, and then they had, like, a Gatorade bottle with a vitamin water sticker or something. It's like, it's like soda. And I think it was blue soda shaded Gatorade bottle. I was, just, I was enjoying their weird-ass beverages. It was so... The, Although it's a little hazardous, called Dayquil a beverage. I mean, even, like, even the... The B and B is like the maple drip in or something, and everything is maple Gross. syrup themed. But they have this weird doll room, like maple. The maple teeny. Like one thing I enjoyed about the maple teeny is how they were still pouring it because it takes forever to maple for maple syrup to pour. <laughs> is it weird that like Jake and Amy had basically a martini while talking before Jake went up to his girlfriend? Is that weird? It's a little madman. Do like do you show up to Yeah, that was the sixties and everyone figured out what alcoholism is since then. What were you going to say? Like is that really the first thing cops should do when they arrive at a place? Well they're technically off duty until the next morning. It's like five. I mean, probably there's no alcohol in a maple teeny, but Speaking of that maple teeny scene mm-hmm. and and details that matter, um I realized this later, I was like he, he's looking at his phone and he's like, oh, Sophia doesn't care about the cloud at all. And I kept, I, I had this, I realized later I was so tense in that scene 
Because, and I realize now that, like, this is the wrong character to do that, but, like, I kept waiting for him to turn the phone around to, like, freak Amy out. And, I, and then, I mean, he never does. He, well, like... yeah. Like, right, because it's Jake, right? I mean, like, he, he, like, overshared, but, like... I mean... It's private. Him... I mean, him saying that indicates that, like, he understands the risk that she is in and the responsibility that he has. Right? Yeah. Like... No, exactly. That... This... The, it's... It's one of those, like, lived experience things, right? The only time I've been around that conversation happening, it the person turned the phone around. I hope you killed him. I was so young then. I didn't know. You didn't know where knives were. <laughs> yes. I, I, I just didn't understand knives. Yeah. Like, you got to learn about knives. The only knives In I... In order to knife, you also, need to knife. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. That sounds terrible. College can be really shitty. Yeah, when you don't have knives. Sporks were all we were allowed. God. J- jokes aside, the I I don't know. It was just it, there are a lot of great uh, the Maple Inn and like everything is maple syrup themed. Like there's like those those little like maple leaf bottles. I only have seen those in Canada. I'm sorry, but I've seen them in Oklahoma. What? Yeah, That's imported cool. maple syrup from like, but even from like Vermont. It's from, like, you know, anywhere with a maple syrup industry. Yeah. I mean, I, I believe it. I had only ever seen them in Canada. <laughs> I'm not doubting you. Anyway, they're just great, like, set details and, like, small continuity things and just, like, yeah. Yeah. This was such, like, details really make this episode. And, like, not just, not just like, props and stuff, but, like, everyone's expressions, right? Like, every... This was an episode where I was, like, really... I had a lot of fun watching everyone else. As much as, like, whoever was supposed to be the focus of the episode. I I did remember... So I watched this episode, like, three times. Which I haven't been doing as much recently because, like... Oh, um, I did that with... Which is the sound that my soul makes. <laughs> I did that with USPIS, and I really do... I still believe, like, that episode improves with every watch. Sure. But what I noticed the second or third time, I don't remember, was that when the waitress comes back in and everyone's leaving, it's like, she spends a while thinking maybe they'll come back just holding the unappetizing looking food. Like, I am paid to be here. It's uh, it's pretty great. Yeah. Well, the other, uh, the perp falls asleep in the back of the car while he's teasing that, her. That I had a bit of a problem with because I thought it was a little too fast to go from... Actually, one thing I'm thinking about is that it kind of bugs me that they've got a a perp who's under violent arrest in the back of a non-split car with no partition. Oh, yeah. Like, they probably have something to, like, handcuff him to, Mm -hmm. but it still seems risky to me. Oh, he's definitely handcuffed to something. He's Honestly, it's probably he's handcuffed like this. Yeah, probably. Uh, handcuffs behind his back is, is what our Why? Because you guys can't see but, me. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. It, it just... And the childproof locks. And the childproof locks. Yes. <laughs> what? People forget about those. Yeah. Um, it just seems like they would take a squad car for this because they know they're picking up a prisoner. <laughs> also, I don't know how you, like, fall asleep that quick when you've got your hands handcuffed behind you sitting in a car. I mean, he just falls asleep like this, so... (laughs) 
For those playing along at home, Arthur was <laughs> miming the manner in which this particular criminal fell asleep. <laughs> Head lolled back, like, against the, like, thing, thing I'm a thing I'm a thing. I think we've made them wait long enough, Carl. Let's talk about the ships. So Amy and Teddy <laughs> sinks like the goddamn Titanic. <laughs> I mean, no one ever even bothered to come up with a ship name for them. No. They don't have anything going for them I mean, at all. I mean, Teddy's true love is Pilsners. Yeah. Yeah. Man. They're really milking the people having stupid words for common things. Joke for all it's worth. Everything at Helm said. Thrills for the pills. <laughs> like, it's thinning. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> what I can say for Teddy is that he has an interestingly defined upper body shape. Thumb face? No, that's his head face. <laughs> but the rest of him looks like a fist, right? Yeah, it's, it's it, no, not really. Like I don't. I was saying that he's he's a, a muscular fellow. He is. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Find a picture of Paul Bornheimer. I'll be my room. Swear to God, they must have only had him for like fifteen minutes because he was barely. I feel like he was barely in this episode. He's in the most important scene in this episode, but he felt like he was barely in it. Finding picture. I was snarky tweeting. Honestly, when that. When, so I was, I had... pictures of his face. Maybe I'm wrong. The face? <laughs> look at it. The, <laughs> the thumb face. His nose does look like the whorl on my thumb. She's right. <laughs> I didn't expect her to be right. <laughs> this might have made my night. This might have made my week. Actual thing that made my week, one of my coworkers was like, so you know the show you keep talking about? I finally shut up and watched it. It's actually amazing. And I was like, damn right. Finally. You did it. <laughs> one person at my 200 person company. I was telling my parade last night, I had dinner with my parade, that um, I think, I think I, I dropped my phone when Teddy's like, let's talk about the real reason my relationship isn't working out, Jake. That is rude. Uh, like, it, it is... Uh, That's like claws out. You know what I mean? I mean, she called him boring. Which, oh god! I guess he needs to redirect that energy. <laughs> but, like, yeah. I, I, he doesn't that... seem like that. But I guess he didn't seem like he had any characteristics. <laughs> he had, we, all we knew about... I guess Pilsners have an aftertaste or something. Don't know enough about Pilsners to make a beer <laughs> joke about them. Never had a Pilsner. <laughs> I have had a Pilsner and I can't remember. They're all, they're so, they've never stood out to me. Maybe that's the point. Yeah, maybe. Oh man, what if that's the point? Um, I think that one of the weird things about Teddy, like we were talking about this before, I don't know if you really get particularly flavored Pilsners. I'll, I'll look it up, but I don't think Pilsner is the kind of beer that you get in Cranberry or Rose. Yeah, it's a lager. You don't get flavored lagers. You get flavored ales. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pumpkin ale. It's Or a pumpkin stout. You never get pumpkin lager. Do you? I, don't, I can't remember ever having a pumpkin lager. Because I prefer lagers. Pills to beer, beer styles. High foaminess. Yeah, it's like... It's a very, like, bitter, hopsy earthy beer and that's not what you flavor you like yeah actually now that i think about it i've never had like an ipa that was flavored ipas are terrible they're 
first. <laughs> Man, I don't want a Pilsner. It doesn't sound like the kind of beer I'd like. Just like Teddy. Fuck off, Teddy. <laughs> I, okay. I, I mean, so... What I was, my story earlier was that I was telling my period last night, I don't... You were, like, rude. You mm-hmm. mentioned that him being like, let's talk about why my relationship is failing, Jake. And I love that you you see both Sophia and Jake just, like, freeze, like, half up. Like, they're both, like, literally about to get out of their chair. They're both like, come down. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, the, um, I was... Like, she, uh, Sophia must be completely blindsided. She could. She has no reason to suspect this. Mm-mm. Like... She didn't know that Jake had had a thing for Amy, which I can see people jumping down his throat for that, but he did say no work talk, right? Like, that's their standing arrangement. He doesn't talk about cop stuff. Having a thing for his partner is probably fouled in his mind as cop stuff when you're trying to avoid a topic of conversation that you hope doesn't need to come up. You look for an excuse, and no work talk's an easy excuse. It's like they've set a bunch of their life aside to try to have this relationship, and it's not going to work, but anyway... I mean, I I actually wouldn't give Jake flack for that, period. I I dated multiple people trying to get over someone. I don't know. And, like, while that person was still in my life and pretty prominently in my life. So, like, I'm not going to give Jake flack because there's no reason to. It's, it would be, hmm. I think, I mean, they've only been dating a month, right? If it became, like, a real thing, maybe they just haven't had the exes talk yet. Yeah, maybe. You know, and like I feel like if that conversation came up, he'd talk about Jenny Gildenhorn. He'd be like, "So wait, you might need to know about this part where I had this really bad crush on my in the fifth grade, <laughs> and then I've had about seventy meaningless relationships since then, and now we're together. Yay! Kind of, yeah. <laughs> oh, also, I had a thing for my partner up until like five seconds before I met you. Hi, it's gonna be a good talk. <laughs> but that's but it's that's like that's I feel like that's a three months into your relationship talk, not a one month into your relationship talk. Maybe. Comparing exes? I wouldn't know. I've never been in a relationship that long. I haven't had a typical approach to the exes talk. I've always been, like, quite open about it. But I can I can see, like, not having it a month into, like, a relationship that, like, two 35-year-olds are having. Like, yeah, they've had a lot of exes. They've been sexually active for, like, somewhere between 15 and 20 years. I mean, hey, audience, if you guys want to chime in with when you feel the exes talk... If you want to talk, have the exes talk with us, we haven't known you long enough. Or at all. But... Actually, technically, they've known us long enough because we've been doing this since March. Uh, May. I mean, God damn it. you kind of have to add time differently when it's people listening to us who we are completely unaware of, except as little gray things with sunglasses on them. Some of those people... We have probably about five steady add-ons, though. Probably. Yeah. We think. I mean... Please stop being be, on Anon. It could be, it could be so nice net- if you guys... It could were- be a distributed network of squirrels asking questions about a cop sitcom. I legitimately wish more of you would not, Anon. But it's your right as citizens of the internet. Yeah, you do. And no one's found out a way to stop it. But I... Although the United States is trying. Google is trying. Yeah. So my, my point is that entire dinner conversation... Like, Amy breaks up with Teddy, but, like, the best part about that conversation is watching everyone else's face, apart from, like, whoever's supposed to be the focus in any given shot. It's it's kind of beautiful because it's actually, like, really top-notch acting from everyone. Everyone is 100% acting in that scene. Yeah, everyone feels... 
and not just in the scene, I, in that plot line, everyone's always constantly engaged. Everyone's really aware of what they're doing and where they are in the scene. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Like, And it feels silly to be like, yeah, professionals doing their job professionally. But at the same time, it's like, as a viewer, I really appreciate that. You know, I really love seeing like when 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 Jake says, "Wait, you liked me." Sophia is a hundred percent trained her gaze on Jake's face. Mm-hmm. She's not looking at Amy. At, she does not look at Amy at all. I think Amy doesn't matter. Like she met Amy today. Amy doesn't matter. Jake matters. Did she meet Amy today? I mean, like she says, like "Hi, Amy" or something. Like maybe they saw each other once at like a bar night or a, something. A, a bar night, but Amy doesn't matter she's this like vaguely defined set of points like somewhat connected to her boyfriend Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter whether amy liked him it matters how jake reacts to how amy the fact that amy liked him even the seating was like every time i've done double dates like it ends up like this weird gender divide (laughs) the women on one side and the men on the other but this was opposite that though yeah it's true that uh i went on i went to a dinner uh, with 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 my girlfriend, and we ended up going with two other couples, and we did go like men all on one side, women all on the other. And when we noticed this was going to happen, I was very tempted to like sit across from another one of the men so that it like it would all get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> that is always tempting. Yeah, um, but it it did not work out. <laughs> Yeah, but Teddy, Teddy's like Jake, and I was telling, I was telling my parade last night, my parade and I had dinner last night, so I was like, I don't think any of us expected Teddy to say that. Like, I, I don't think in any of the, like, myriad number of, like, headcanons and, like, you know, fics and drabbles and, and Tumblr conversations. I mean, who thought it would be Teddy who would drop that bomb? Well, and I think, I think, I was telling her, I think part of the reason that none of us, none of us thought that it would be Teddy dropping that bomb is because I think a lot of us just didn't think Amy would have told Teddy. And this is something that you and I kind of, we have different opinions about. Yeah, I actually was not at all surprised to understand that she had told him. Just because, like, it's so much the kind of thing that I would think to do automatically. And I kind so that I mentally file it as like the thing you do. Like someone confesses their feelings to you in an unexpected way, and you're with someone. You tell that person immediately. You tell that person immediately because it's the like if they get freaked out and don't respect you for sharing that information to like make them aware and give yourself no lateral room to stray. Then you don't want to. Then in my mind, you don't want to be with them because they don't respect an open discussion. So I wasn't surprised. I I learned today that some people were surprised that someone would would do that, but like you know, Amy needed Teddy's support because Jake was going into a difficult situation and he'd suddenly put this huge emotional burden on that. And Teddy probably tried to provide that, but it doesn't seem like he did a very good job. And I think part of this is, like, me not having been in any kind of long-term relationship. That's So that's, like, the position I'm coming from here. I think part of it is my first instinct when stuff like that, like, anything remotely like that happens to me is to not... I tell my friends. I don't I don't tell someone I'm dating. When I was dating those other people to get over that other guy who was still in my life, right? Like, 
stuff with that guy would still happen, you know? And I was dating... I, d- I stopped dating one of those two guys because I wanted to date one of them more seriously. And I would never have thought to tell him about any of that, you know? I mean, yeah, I was dating him to get over someone else. But more than that, like... I don't know, when when stuff happened with the guy, the one who was important to me... Um, I told my friends. I had other emotional support networks in my life that I chose to rely on. And beyond that, I don't know. The when when Jake goes away to the mafia, Teddy and Amy had been dating like 6 weeks, like seriously dating 6 weeks. Yeah, they went on 5 dates last year or whatever. And like, you know, they're definitely They've definitely taken their relationship to the next level. By the way, I love that Teddy's like, remember when we went to the Poconos? And the rest of us are like, that was unsolvable. <laughs> that happened? <laughs> yeah. Oh, right, they did. They scheduled. Wait, no, that was, I thought that was the Berkshires. That was the Berkshires. They went on multiple vacations. Wait, I thought the Berkshires are Berkshires. I thought they are the Poconos. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about fucking vacation spots. You and I have both never been to those places. <laughs> Burke. Shire. Berkshires. <laughs> Berkshires by phone. <laughs> Your show phone has a great sense of humor. <laughs> my thumbs have a great sense of humor. Kind of like Carl Bornheimer. Hey, hello. <laughs> Bring it all back. The Berkshires. Whatever. Poconos. The Pone. <laughs> Recommended courses in the Berkshires and the Poconos Golf Club. They're probably related. They're both in the Hudson Valley. They might be the same place. They might be close enough to the same place that one would that she would say Berkshires and he would say Poconos. My thing was just that like she'd only been dating Teddy like a month, maybe a month and a half, two on the outside, because it's it's Tactical Village, uh, fancy breadgum, unsolvable uh, charges and specs. Like, those, it's four episodes, so it's a month. Maybe two, because there's, like, at least one weekend in there that they skip. Because, like, she's in the Berkshires. Right. It, it's just not something I would have thought to tell someone I was only dating that short of a time. Sure. And that amount of time, like... I could see it coming back when Jake came back, because they'd been together, like, six months at that point, right? So, I'm like, seven months, I guess. So, I'm, I'm 100% on board with, like, her having told him, like, listen, when... You know, when Jake came back, when he, like, I didn't tell you this before because it was, like, too early in a relationship, and then it didn't seem to matter, but now it's back, and I feel like I should tell you, right? And then your response, I think, is totally legit. Like, if Teddy was like, what? Like, you know, overprotective, narrowing, whatever, that is not okay. Or, like, overreacting, I guess. Yeah. But, like, I just, I just would not have told, I would not have told someone I'd only been dating, like, a month or two about somebody else, somebody I work with, telling me that they liked me and then leaving. Yeah, I can I can see that, I guess. I, I don't think it's cut and dried. Yeah. Um, I mean, both of our headcanons here are valid because the show can play out both versions. We never see that conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Because Teddy mattered. This is, this is something that we'd been complaining about, but we said it on the podcast before. When Boyle like, gets shot at Christmas and then comes back in um, Pontiac Bandit. Yeah. He's like, tell me everything that happened. And I remember in that podcast you said, nothing happened. Because if something had happened, the show would have shown us. <laughs> Same thing applies here. We never saw Teddy. Why? Because nothing was happening in that relationship we're yeah. talking about. Like, so back to his, like, 
truth bomb Dick Hattery. I mean, like, (laughs) so I want to, I want to use this as a segue because like, you know, um, he's kind of right for reasons I'm going to get to, but they had one topic of conversation and it was his hobby. There's no way that relationship survives in a vacuum. There's no way that relationship survives because what are the chances that this wonderful woman is going to find someone she has more than zero things in common with. Like, they have the same job, but they only talk about his fucking beer making, and she doesn't drink beer! You know what? I don't think we've... I really don't think we've ever seen her with a beer in hand. We, we didn't look this up after last episode when we also wondered about it. But in this episode, but, she's drinking red wine. Historically, yeah. she's only ever had rocks glasses. Like, old-fashioned Mostly, yeah. yeah. Or, or like, wine at Thanksgiving. Um, but, yeah, like, she doesn't care about his beer-making. She's like, okay, I'll do this beer-making with you, because that's the only thing they're going to do. As we were just saying, was it us or was it someone else? She's like, she did not seem concerned to be missing Bottling Day. Well, who'd be concerned to miss that? Bottling Day's the worst. By the way, every every craft homebrewer I know is like, Bottling Day's the worst. As, as was said in the episode that is lost to time and space. It'll uh, come out eventually. on my computer. There's no way that their relationship survives. But on the other hand, it's not falling apart because she told him. I think that if Teddy had been a good fit for her, the stuff with Jake would have gone away. But he's not wrong in thinking that it didn't go away. Is that too confusing a phrasing? I, f- I follow you. Okay. I don't know if our audience follows you. So let me break it down real simple. Wait, can I try? I'm going to see... I'm going to pare it back, my summary, my understanding, to make sure you, it's what you were trying to reflect. I think what you're saying is Teddy knew that Jake was, like, sort of on the horizon and that Amy had sort of um, unresolved something with him. But if Teddy and her had actually been a really good fit, that, scare quotes, threat would never have manifested because yeah. Teddy... Frankly, Teddy should have stepped up his game, right? I mean, I'm not saying he should have looked up more police codes, but... Well, I mean, so the thing is that if that's the way he lives, that's the way he feels comfortable, and that's, like... And the way a solved relationship is, like, you know, not focusing on the things he wants to focus about, he's not focused on the relationship. And he shouldn't be. Like, it's not his fault. He's a boring motherfucker. It's kind of his fault. But, like, you can't step up your game long-term that way. You can't make yourself right for someone. You're right. You're right. Someone once told me, sometimes you... The world is going to roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool of the shed. Okay, Ginger. He was looking kind of dumb. Oh, no. I went to the other one. She was looking kind of dumb. With With her finger finger and her thumb and the shape of an L on her forehead. Okay, Smash Mouth. (laughs) Ginger. As told by Ginger, the opening line is, Someone once told me the grass is much greener. But I said the the world is going to roll me. Right, but there's like, there's a similar line in that. Anyway. Cool. The point. Point point here. Hashtag the 90s. Early 2000s. A friend of a friend told me while we were all trashed at this party once. He said, sometimes the, when you meet the right person, it turns out they're the right person for you, but you're not the right person for them. And I think Teddy felt Amy was the right person for him. 
And Amy was like, no. <laughs> and did not know how to tell Teddy that uh, yeah. until it all just came rushing out of her. Yeah, she didn't have time to draft. Uh, <laughs> God. God, don't don't draft a breakup. Don't do it. Also, I like K-Town. No. Amy, I've, I've been there on, on, on lots of dinners that were nice and... I mean, not but like she's, romantical. Uh, that's but what I'm saying, though. She's 100%. They were wonderful dinners, and I very much enjoyed them and enjoyed them more for the person I was having them with. So, I don't know. Maybe the problem's you. I guess that's the point of a breakup dinner, though. To be fair, though, if I were... They wouldn't have pilsners. They would only have sake. Or soju, yes. There's or like Qingdao. Yeah. Which she might like better than a damn pilsner. I've never had Tsingdao. It's all right. Cool. Um, it's it's the Heineken of like East Asian beers. So it's just sort of like completely like the, the are bar. There are there beers in that like niche? Um, Asahi is the Japan is the big Japanese one, and then um, there's an Indian one as well. Taj Mahal. Kingfisher. Kingfisher. There's also an Indian beer called Taj Mahal. My dad gets it when he goes to an Indian Indian restaurant that has it, I think. Wait, my dad doesn't drink beer. I drink beer. What am I talking about? I gotta go to an Indian restaurant and have a Taj Mahal. What is happening right now? I'm trying to remember my youth. Youths. So. You're like five seconds older than me. Really? No, but like you're like five <laughs> months older than me. I'm 25. <laughs> no, I just was quoting Schmidt. The only good thing because that's a better thing to do in your life. <laughs> the only good thing Schmidt has ever said is youths. Yeah, and I do say that a lot. So we need to stop getting on these like rabbit trails. Okay, so hang on. Get, so what? I need us to recap, re- regroup before we d- right. dive in. So what I was saying basically was um, if Teddy had been right for Amy, she never would have gone after the Jake potential. But Teddy's not right for Amy. And she is looking in that direction. Mm-hmm. Very literally. Any chance she can, she's watching Jake this episode. Um, except when it's way too painful for her to do so. Because he's being really emotionally open to Sophia. And then she's never looking at him. She's all about Jake in this episode. Like, you know, she gets bitter when she hears that, like, Sophia's coming. You think she didn't know where they were going? Wait, does she get bitter? I thought she was trying... She's like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Teddy sucks. It's like what you were saying before about her comparison shopping. Mm -hmm. You know, like... I remember when I saw spoiler pics for this episode, like the the pre-release stuff, just like seeing Jake in boyfriend mode was like awesome. Like as a fan, <laughs> was just awesome. And he 100% lives up to it. None of us ever doubted that, obviously. Like we, when he commits to something, he goes like bigger goes home, you know? Yeah. And so it was it was awesome seeing him doing this and like being in boyfriend mode. And and I know that this isn't hundred percent like your interpretation, but like I do, I I feel like I read all of her bitterness, especially early on, with regards to that comment. I don't know if she was like thinking like, you know, anything. I don't know. If, 
I don't know if she was looking forward to quality time with Jake or if it's she not, was just like upset that not upset, but her unhappiness with her relationship was consistently turning into her being like grass is clearly greener on that side of the fence. And that's that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not saying, oh, if Sophia weren't coming on this vacation, like we could just like, you know, have good times in the in in the undescribed <laughs> woodlands. No. <laughs> But it's like all green screen. She hears that she hears that Sophia is going to be there, and she's like, "Shit, I have to experience them. I don't want to experience them." Like, and since she's already met Sophia, she already knows what she's in for. She knows what Jay's going to look like. She knows she's going to be attracted to that. She knows she's not going to be able to have it. I bet that pushes her like five steps closer to breaking up with Teddy right there, because she makes a bitter comment about Teddy. And the next time she's on screen, she's ready to break up with him. And, like, yeah. she, I don't think that she was... I don't think that she knew before she said that thing about the rose-flavored Pilsner that she was going to break up with Teddy. She hurt herself and she I like, think she, oh, no. I think she, that thinking about Jake and Sophia and the gulf between that and her relationship with Teddy um, pushed her past the point of no return. Interesting. I like that. I'm not going to lie. And, man, like, Sophia is watching Jake just as closely. Every time, like, he gets deeper into the situation that Amy's in, Sophia turns and looks at him to see what he's thinking. And she knows. It's not hard to know what Jake Peralta's thinking. But, like, you can see her processing all of that. I, I, Even though she is dumb enough to get the room of a thousand dollars as if that's going to make for sexy times. It's not going to make for sexy times. Are you an idiot? <laughs> I... She's so much like Jake for all the... It's amazing. Dude, this is the point I made on Twitter that I, like, un, like, unashamedly stole from someone on Tumblr. Sophia is to Jake as Jake is to Charles. They they do the like high five. Should I have done that or like why did I high five you? Oh, they have that energy. Yeah, it's yeah. the same fucking thing. Except that she's so much more confident. Like her response, his his like, uh, should we have five high five about that? Her response was like, uh, don't know. We're going forward, and he's like, yep. And it's like, but boils but they, like, but they have the same amount of confidence, right? But in that same scene, right? Boyle's like, "Why did I high five that?" And Jake's like, "Cause you're a sucker for a high five. And Boyle goes, "Damn right I am." And they just move forward. But there's there's a de- there's a different degree. Like they're on the same level. Jake and Sophia are on the same level. Like I I don't think that. Um, no, neither of them is trying to please the other the way Boyle ple- is trying to like please Jake. Yeah, and you know they. They feed each other ideas as, as well. So they take turns being Jake? <laughs> it turns out there are two people with a lot of similarities named Jake and Sophia. We had an episode about this. What? No, okay. <laughs> My point earlier was that you mentioned that Sophia is watching Jake's face. Obviously, the rest of us are too. And um, one, I, I, the second or third time I watched this episode, I remember thinking, he says something like, wait, you liked me? And it's, like, kind of quiet and, like, reserved, almost. Like, disbelieving. And I remember looking at that and making the Simon Cowell face. (laughs) And then also thinking about how... I think Jake worked very hard to extinguish that torch he was holding for her. Yeah, I think that he tried to put it out before meeting Sophia, and then he was with Sophia, and he's like, okay, I tried to get over her with Katie, 
That was a dry run. <laughs> Didn't work out because Katie's terrible. This woman is wonderful. I'm better now. Yeah. And what I was going to say was, I think we all felt like he had doused that torch he was carrying for her. And then he says, you liked me. And you see like a little like match. Like you see the smallest like spark, like it's coming back, you know? And I think like, it was just like this thing where it's like, he had just totally like been like, there's no hope. She keeps saying no. I'm going to listen to her. Right. You know, she's got this great boyfriend because all he ever knew about Teddy and her was that they were great. And I know we're long, but like the thing is, I just, that like spark of hope that you see in his face, God. We were talking towards the end of last season about how, like, Sandberg's micro-expressions have improved. Like, his, he's, he's, my point is he's become demonstrably a better actor. Like, demonstrably. What I'd say about this episode, not about Sandberg, is that this is what you've been waiting for. This is her psychology. This episode is inside her head. I know! And, like, actually it's not inside Jake's head. Not at all, no. Like, Jake is outwardly expressive but like you know we don't see him lingering on the choice to go to Sophia instead of Amy we see him like we see them in a precarious situation but she's open and he's closed and he leaves like she's there vulnerable and he's not is he the one who stands up first she's she's like I'm gonna go and he's like yeah that sounds good and she stands up and he follows okay so I'm wrong about that but like but if, I feel like, you know, run, rabbit, run, you know? She she felt she felt cornered, and so she, she left. Like, they just look at each other for, like, a long beat there. Like, that that's unusual in a comedy, for one. But, like, they just look at each other for a long beat there, and Amy blinks first. Yeah. But, And like, historically, Jake has blinked first. What I'm thinking here is that, like... We see him going to Sophia as a fait accompli. Mm-hmm. But we see... And we see him setting boundaries and him, like, joking to shut off what's inside. And, you know, we suspect what's going on. But we see Amy, and suddenly Amy's transparent. So, yeah. This is everything... Listen, Carl, I know that you're like, this is what I wanted, or with me. And yes, it is everything I've wanted. It is everything I've wanted. Like... All the predictions I've been making about you are making the meanest face. I'm not making a mean face. The like the terrified expression is kind of mean. Terrified? Oh, terrified. <laughs> the point. This is everything I've been like calling for. Like this is everything I've been like. I want this. I bet this is gonna happen now. And I was fucking right. Like I am so proud of myself. Do you? Do you, like, you can see the, like, I told you so, it's just radiating off of me right now. You realize there is a possibility that she starts dating someone to get over him before he breaks up with Sophia? Maybe, but I think that... I, 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 don't, I don't think that I, so if we're doing wish list, right? Mm-hmm. Things I want to see from now on. I want to see door duty again. I want to see that come back. We, they have not worked a case together on screen in episodes I don't think they've done it since I don't think they've done that since last season I think once Jake started being like feels he, oh you're right they didn't they haven't solved the case together since it, he started having feelings for it him. was Boyle Terry Jimmy Jab games like the closest is like fucking lockdown yeah but that's not there's, there's no case there, there there's, there's just problems yeah 
Yeah, I don't think they've worked a case together since... I mean, Brooklyn. they worked this case together. But there was no policing to be done. Yeah, it was all off screen. I want... I wish list, door duty. I definitely want to see Amy pining for Jake in a mm-hmm. real, like, like, tangible way. I want to see more of Amy's horrible date nights. magic theme singles night was still one of my favorite cutaway gags. Even, like, her horrible date with that dentist, which led to her stopping going to dentists. <laughs> I want I want to see this. And, you know, if, if we're going for, like, you know, shooting for the moon here, I'd like to see Kylie, her friend that she purportedly has. <laughs> Singular friend. I'd like Kylie to show up and be like, oh, I'm so glad you're not with Pilsner's guy anymore. That's exactly what I want. I definitely... Pilsner's suck. Definitely. Or, like, for... You only wanted to go to fucking, like... Snooty beer bars for six months. Bullshit hipster craft beer bars. Yes. I love hipster craft beer bars. Like, say what you want about hipsters. Craft beer is good. No, no, no. I love them, but I also appreciate Kylie that, being A like, lot of no. things that hipsters like are good. Scarves are good. They keep you warm. I wore Maybe, one. like, generic white people should be wearing kefias, but, you know. Yeah. So, so, anyway, I, I just, the thing I'm most proud of, like, for calling, and maybe it wasn't that hard, but whatever, I don't care. I'm, I feel like I was the only one actively verbalizing it. Is that I love that I caught that Jake's "You're Not Allowed to Fall in Love with Me" became his like back nine arc for season one, and I like that I caught that Amy's "As Long as We're Both Aware That I'm With Someone Else and Nothing's Going to Happen" became her arc, at least for the front half of season two. Whether that goes into the back nine. 10 is neither here nor I mean I don't care I think it's going to keep going but like it's not going to resolve by 13 or 14 and I'm sure that like even if Jake weren't in the picture Amy would take some time to like get over this yeah but Amy doesn't seem like a rebound kind of girl Mm-mm. especially when Jake is right there being more attractive than ever because he's full on boyfriending and not even that like he's a better person now yeah well I was gonna say earlier is like we don't see Jake waffling about going to Amy or going to Sophia honestly I don't think he waffled yeah I think that he made that choice instantly I mean the thing is he verbalizes that he understands that there's a world in which that could have happened but I don't think he took any time getting there as soon as he realized that it was that it was a time to move and not stare at Amy he knew where to go yeah well and I think the most important thing is that everyone keeps using the past tense. No one at any point says that Amy still has feelings for him. Maybe that would, if anyone at any point used the present tense, that's a different conversation. Oh, yeah. And no one does. Amy always uses the past tense. I mean, that's a conversation you can shut down immediately. Like, it's totally inappropriate to be, like, speculating on what her feelings are now. Because, I, and I don't think Teddy wants to go that far. <laughs> For all of his dickery, he's got lines? Yeah. I think it's just a more difficult mental boundary to cross. I love that we get that long lingering look from Amy, though. It's the same It's the same look Jake gave her in um, at the end of Unsolvable. That, like, sort of pine. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for all the pining. Well, the only way to get from that to get to that is to get to next week's episode, so... Well, Carl, I think we made all the shippers who listen to us really happy today. Except for the Skullcock shippers. Because they're me! And I guess probably the Gina Boyle shippers. Although, apparently, according to spoilers, they come that comes back next week. It'd fucking better. We're it's so excited. It's been too long. We're so excited. 
We're so excited. Um, I'm Dayquil levels of excited. I need that orange drink. I can tell you your your frown muscles are not able to overcome your smile muscles. I wonder gonna... if Rosa ships boil in Gina. I think Rosa ships boil not being interested in her. Yeah. <laughs> and that she'll put him on a boat and let him live out his longshoreman fantasies. <laughs> I'm I He chose Twink. <laughs> Twink has never been a name. He went Irish too, which is hysterical to me. <laughs> like, there's so many pieces of that that just what a great cold open. I love that Terry's like, we got him. He turned himself in. And they're so disappointed. Fucking <laughs> 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 <And> stevedores. <laughs> okay, the last piece is, Kyle and I are going to go on hiatus after not, so this will come out on Friday. It, not next week, but after the, after the 2-11. Fucking it's December, I can't. Carl is melting. Oh. While Carl melts. You guys, the last episode for 2014 of Back in the Field will come out on on December 19th, and then we'll be going on hiatus probably for a solid month after that. We'll be shutting off our Askbox and putting up a queue. So there'll be posts coming out from our account, but we're not going to be around. Um, frankly, both Carl and I need a break. Uh, our jobs have been really intense, so we hope you guys understand. Plus, it's the holidays, and we want to be with our get families. mad Christmas times. And New Year's for me. That's the holiday for my family. Yeah. So, yeah. We're not... So, just be aware that we're not going to be taking asks from, like, mid-December until probably mid-January. And also that... Enjoy your holidays. Y'all don't need us to, like, to be making noises about Brooklyn Nine-Nine over the holidays. There are people you care about. And if you do, there's a backlog. There is quite the backlog. In fact, I will... I can promise right now there will be lockdown out before the... That hiatus happens. I can't promise a specific time when lockdown will be done because my job is crazy. But suffice to say, you'll have lockdown before we go on hiatus. Other than that, um, just for you guys, plan accordingly. Um, hopefully also we get some like cool surprises in the new year, in 2015. Some cool guests and stuff like that. We, you know, Those of you who have been following Back in the Field on Twitter kind of know that we've been... Plus, like, Marshall Boone, heart eyes emoji... Hopefully you come on our podcast. <laughs> all right. Uh, that's all I have. Those are all the maintenance things. Um, and we'll repeat that announcement in in the next few episodes as well. But otherwise... From us to you, this has been Back in the Field. My name is Carl. And my name is Arthi. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>